This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California, where the Guardians are on a West Coast road swing. They're playing four here in Anaheim, and then they head up the coast, and they'll play the Giants the first of next week. And this is a week-long road trip that certainly can be challenging as they try and maintain that flicker of hope in the American League Central Division chase with a win on Friday night. They remain six and a half back of the Minnesota Twins heading into play on Saturday with only 21 games remaining. So the, the schedule is starting to become a real issue in terms of the amount of games left, but they hang in there and keep on showing up, and we'll see what happens over the weekend here with a night game in Anaheim on Saturday night, day baseball on Sunday, and then on to San Francisco. Coming up in a little bit on our show, we will have the former Outstanding Pitchers segment of our show. Tom Candiotti will join us. He's been on the road trip with us, filling in for Tom Hamilton, but the former knuckleballer and a 16-year Major League vet has some fun stories, as does Mark Langston, who is one of the radio voices for the Angels, who finished his fine Major League career as a Cleveland Indian. And he'll have some great stories about his time in Cleveland. We'll also talk hitting with Guardians hitting coach Chris Valeka. Hear from Jose Tena, one of the infielders for the Guardians, and also newly acquired relief pitcher Matt Moore. So a lot coming up on our show. But first, we checked in with Will Brennan earlier this week. Brennan, he was part of a big day on Wednesday for the Guardians, who had a, a tough series against the Twins back home earlier this week. They lost the opener with a chance to cut the lead down to four games on Monday night, 20-6. to six. And then the Twins backed that up with a Tuesday night 8-3 win. So uh, that really made things difficult for Cleveland here the rest of the way. But the Guardians did salvage the game on Wednesday, and a big reason why Will Brennan had both of the RBI base hits in a 2-1 win over the Twins. He also had a really nice catch in left field, and he says it's always a, a nice feeling to contribute in a lot of ways to a big win like the Guardians had on Wednesday. Yeah, what's up, Rosie? Um, yeah, always a good day at the ballpark. Um, you know, when 
the culmination of things all go right for you at the yard, if you're going to leave happy with a win. That's all you can ask for. And when you look at how things have been going here, you're finishing strong. And obviously you were up here last year to get a taste of it, but what have you learned as you've gone through an entire season now about this game and, and having success consistently? This is the uh, definitely the pinnacle of the of baseball, and it's going to beat you down 100%. And so you just kind of have to be able to, to flush the bad days and show up and try and put good days together by stacking all the little things that you do and focus really on everything that you can control. Try and leave the results out of it and pick your head up and see where you're at at the end of the year. Um, definitely been a, a nice roller coaster of a, of a season. So. Everything you just said about individually, could you apply that to the team too, especially considering how the week went early? Yeah, 100%. I think all of us have very similar mindsets. That's you know, why we're all kind of on the same team, trying to work as a as a single organism. You know, to take one at the end of that series, it could have gone either way at the end and left a really bad taste in our mouth. But, you know, be able to get one from the Twins, just moving forward to see what they do. And all we can, can do is control how we do against the, uh, the Angels. So, Obviously an uphill battle. It's six-game gap with 22 to go. So not mathematically, by any means, um, is this thing over. And, and how is the mindset in that clubhouse, especially after yesterday? Yeah, I mean, again, we're just going to have to control what we can, can control. Um, you know, the Twins will do their thing, and we'll see if they fold. I mean, we're going to put pressure on them no matter what. We're going to play hard to the final out. You know, with, with Tito as our leader, that's kind of just been our DNA. We're going to play hard and see what happens. And you mentioned Tito, and, and obviously there's some some new veterans here. Uh, Cole Calhoun, I know his name has come up a lot. Um, what has he meant to this team as a younger player who's, who's still going through some things for the first time to see him come in here, and, and what are some of the things that he can do? Yeah, he's been amazing um, to come in and kind of settle into that, that veteran role. Um, you know, age is truly just a number, obviously, because he's out here doing it and doing it at a really high level. Um, I think we're... You know, we got really lucky to, to snag him this late in the season. I couldn't believe that he wasn't on a big league team, you know, earlier in the season. So really, really fortunate to have him and kind of the prowess that he brings on and off the field. Um, but, yeah, I, he's just one of those special players that's been around for a long time, about to be 10 years. And if you can't learn from that guy, then you're not really going to be able to learn from anybody. Will, nice going yesterday. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Rosie. Appreciate you. That's Will Brennan, who's really making a, a strong push here down the stretch to finish his season strong. And he had a, a big week this week as he is red hot at the plate for Cleveland. We'll take a break and then come back and hear from young infielder Jose Tena and veteran reliever Matt Moore. That's next after this. Now the pitch. Brennan grounds it through the hole, base hit into left center. Cleveland takes a 1-0 lead. So Will Brennan, a two-strike single the other way, knocking in his 37th. Here's the 3-2. He swings and lines it. Right center field, a base hit. That'll score Jimenez easily. Brennan's going to try for two. Here comes the throw. Not in time. A double for Brennan, who has driven in both runs. And the Guardians now lead it 2-0. Now the 1-2. Swung on, line toward the gap in left center, but not deep, coming on, diving and making the catch is Will Brennan. Boy, Will Brennan, whether it's right field, left field, he is an outstanding outfielder. 
are sports sounds. And people love sports so much, it makes them pay attention when I say, drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. It's way back. It's out of here. And we all know how sports fans feel about big saves. What a save! See what I did there? Save is also a sports word. So save big when you switch to Progressive. Ooh, that's a golf clap. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Two down, one nothing Blue Jays for the number nine hitter, the kid Jose Tena. Left-handed batter at short today. And the pitch. Tena with a line drive base hit up the middle. His first major league hit. His first major league RBI. And the score is Laureano. And we've got a 1-1 game. How about that? Jose Tena, another one of those highly thought of middle infield prospects. Has spent the year in double-A Akron. And he roped a two-out line drive single to center to score Laureano. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line drive, base hit into right field. That'll tie it. Racing for third is Naylor. He's in easily, and Tana comes through. Tie game at six. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Angel Stadium in Anaheim, where the Guardians are in the midst of a four-game series with the Angels. Well, Jose Tana received a September call-up, and he has been with the ball club. The young infielder has done some nice work since being called up at the beginning of the month. In fact, he had an extra inning game-tying base hit last weekend against the Rays. That was in extra innings, and it led to a win over Tampa Bay. And he joined us along with translator Augie Rivero to talk about how he's adjusted so far to the major league level. I think what has helped me is that I keep my focus since the first pitch of the game. Whether I'm playing or not, I keep that focus from then because I'm, I'm aware and I, I, I work on the assumption that the manager is going to call me at any time. And on Saturday night, you're in the on-deck circle, but it looked like you might be pinch hit for and then a decision's made to, to let you take your at-bat and you come through with a, an RBI single that ties the game. Uh, take us through the emotions there of a of what was happening before you even got to the plate and how prepared you were to come through. Yeah, just like I mentioned before, the key is to be in focus throughout, you know, early in the game. And when I saw that that happened, that they put me in the game, I felt like I narrowed down even more my focus and I do that quick analysis of what they've been doing with the previous hitters. And they were just attacking them with the changeup and that's what I was looking for. So we talk a lot about hitting, obviously that's a, a big key, but defensively you're moving around a little bit uh, how challenging has that been and how prepared were you to, to be in that spot where you wouldn't just focus on one position when you got to the major leagues 
Veo que me estamos moviendo en diferentes posiciones y estoy... I feel very lucky that they're considering me in different positions. So every time it happens, I just try to do like the best that I can. And, and I translate that into preparing before the games and trying to take reps in all the three positions that I'm, I've been uh, playing so far. Jose, you've you spent most of your year at AA Akron, one day at Columbus, and then you get a chance to make your Major League debut or at least get called up to the big leagues. Uh, how surprising was that, and what was that feeling like to, to finally reach a goal that I'm sure you had for a while? Yeah, I mean, the focus was to do my best in double-A and try to learn as much as I could. You know, I wasn't expecting to be called up that quickly to triple-A. Uh, and I felt like, you know, if they called me triple-A, maybe I have a chance late in September to be called up. But everything went super fast, and I'm really happy it happened. But I was really focused to just do and, and learn what I was at the moment. And now you, you do end up being a September call-up. Surprised at that, or, or did you feel that you put yourself in a real nice position? Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was able to put a good job while I was here. So I was kind of like expecting that in September we'll have another call up. And, and obviously I was getting some feedback from the coaches on there that reaffirmed that somehow I will be called up in September as well. And you're a middle infielder in an organization that has a lot of good young middle infielders, Gabriel Arias, Brian Rocchio. Um, how do you approach that day to day when, when you know there's really good competition there and, and you're trying to be a part of that? I feel it's just a matter of back going back to being focused. You know, I know they're really good infielders, and there's nothing I can control. So it's just a matter of being able to control what I can do, and then let the, the organization make the decisions. Jose Augie, thank you for the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. That's young infielder Jose Tena. So we go from one of the youngest players on the team to a, a savvy veteran who has just recently acquired Matt Moore, the left-handed relief pitcher who has done some nice work early on in his Cleveland career so far. He was one of three waiver wire additions claimed from the Angels roster last week by the Guardians to help bolster that bullpen down the stretch. He's a veteran pitcher who's been through a few transactions throughout his career, and he says it's always a hectic time when you're changing teams during the season. Yeah, it's been quick. Um, I haven't been a part of anything like this, and um, I don't really remember if I've ever seen, you know, waiver claims like that on, on uh, you know, free agents that, that are performing well. But it's here nor there, you know, looking at it now where we have a chance to, you know, do something special and, and squeak, in the, squeak in there with the division title, um, you know, and it starts tonight. And what's your immediate reaction when you find out you've been claimed by a team? What do you look at that's that's most important to you uh, from that new team? Uh, I don't know if I really think about it like that. It's just more of a, hey, this is where, you know, I'm going to go start pulling on the end of the rope with these guys, um, you know, and try to fit in and, you know, wherever I can. When you look at trying to fit in, you mentioned that uh, players that you knew here, coaches that you knew here, was there much familiarity for you at all? And, and if yes or no, how do you catch up quickly and, and really feel like you're a part of it? I think just getting in the games. You know, I didn't know very many people. I knew De Los Santos uh, from Philly in 21, and I played with Cole last year in Texas and just been buddies for, for a while now. Um, you know, but having played against these guys, you know, on and off, you know, I think it's just a matter of getting in the game. You know, you'll fit in that way and, and kind of get into get into the scene and, and um, you know, earn your stripes, so to speak. Uh, Matt, you look at your role. You, you work out of the pen now. We saw you earlier in your career, and you were a top-flight starting pitcher. And um, Explain how that adjustment has gone for you working out of the bullpen after spending the majority of your career in a rotation. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, last year was probably the biggest learning curve of how to get myself ready to throw. I think as a starter, you're usually looking at maybe an hour, an hour and a half before the game starts. You kind of start your, your routine and, you know, if you're going to come in somewhere in the middle of the game or towards the end of the game, you don't have that, that luxury. The You know, uh, I think just in general last year was, was a little bit of that curve for me to learn how to get ready for the game. And this year it's a little bit more of, um, you know, fine-tuning that, maybe not doing as many things, uh, you know, as I thought I needed to do and maybe adding a couple more. Um, but having been my second bullpen, you know, of the season, getting to know these guys a little bit, get to, you know, see about how they go about their business should help a little bit too. From an enjoyment standpoint, do you like one or the other better? I don't know if I like it one or the other better. I mean, I know – you know, seven, eight years ago, it was a little bit different of a pitching scene. Um, you know, we're now, you know, starters a, a lot more across the league are pitching, you know, for strikeouts. And um, I never was a, a big strikeout guy. Um, you know, so I just think it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if I like it more or less, but I do enjoy the, you know, most days you're available. And that, that kind of, you know, keeps you a little bit more alive throughout the day as opposed to like, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not participating for a couple more days. Um, so it's been it's been fun for that. You mentioned availability, and that's such a big part of this game. Uh, any difference health-wise being a starting pitcher or a reliever in terms of, of keeping yourself available and being ready to go? I've actually felt probably slightly better. Um, I mean, this year's a little different. I had about six weeks on the shelf for an oblique so my arm you know should be in, in pretty good shape having only thrown maybe 45 innings or so um but yeah I think just if I only throw one inning the next day I feel almost as good as I did the day before um two innings you kind of start to feel it that next day but um you know if you keep it to kind of one inning stints and you know don't get more than you know maybe four a week I think that's that's something that feel like I can I can handle you know you're, you're really just kind of pitching at your threshold for maybe 20 pitches or so and um, kind of shutting it down so it's um, you know built slightly different than I was when I was starting well best of luck down the stretch in the pen for the Guardians thanks a lot for coming by appreciate it thank you that's veteran relief pitcher Matt Moore who has been a, a nice boost to the bullpen for the Guardians in a very short period of time well we'll switch from the mound to the batter's box and talk hitting with Chris Faleka when we come back after this on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Now Matt Moore trying to deliver. The pitch got him swinging on the high changeup. Oh, what a job by Matt Moore. Yes, he does give up the game-tying homer, but the Twins had minutes second and third with one out and didn't score after that. It's the third inning tonight that Minnesota has had a runner at third with less than two down and didn't get that run home. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Angel Stadium in Anaheim. We welcome you back in to Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we're going to talk some hitting now with Chris Faleka, the Guardians hitting coach. And a lot of changes to the roster throughout the season this year. And right now the Guardians in September seem to have a, a pretty good mix of young players and some veterans as they head down the stretch. And Chris says they, they like the way the club has handled the challenges that they've had to face over the course of a long season. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of the way that these guys have gone about this year. And then especially, you know, going into this last month, you know, some guys getting opportunities and seeing, you know, Arias get to play every day, like you talked about, you know, Bo Naylor getting in there, you know, just seeing seeing guys have the confidence that knowing, you know, good, bad, and different, that their name's going to be in the lineup every day. I think that, that, that breeds some confidence for us, but it also breeds confidence for them. And are there some mechanical things that, that you've seen them grow in that's allowed them to, to have more success statistically? Yeah, you know, I think there, there, there's always going to be things to work on with these guys. And, you know, our, our team does such a great job with providing us the resources. And, you know, I think for Bo, you know, some of the stuff, you know, controlling the strike zone, managing the top of the zone, we've seen things tick up with that. And, you know, without getting away from his strengths, he's, he's been able to cover some holes. And, you know, Arias, you know, getting in there and starting to play consistently, we're seeing the impact that we know he has. Had, um, you know, with him driving the ball all over the field. So, you know, guys are, guys are you know, making the adjustments and, and doing a good job just trying to, you know, win as we develop right now. I, I thought it was interesting because hey, Arias, Naylor, rookies, so it, it's different for them than it would be for Stephen Kwan, but he's still a young player. What are the challenges that he goes through in his second major league season? Yeah, you know, I think early on, just like last year with him, you know, they're, they're still the growing pains, but, you know, you, you're seeing Stephen you know, start to settle in. We're seeing a lot more consistency of contact out of him. Um, you know, he's starting to impact the ball harder on a more consistent basis. And those are the things that we're looking for, you know, but that takes that takes time. You know, he's coming up on 1,200 at-bats in the big leagues over the last two years. So, you know, it's not a, you know, you get here and the, the, the pizza's done. These guys are still working on things while they're here. And, you know, it takes time and we have to be patient with that. But, you know, I think the, the future is bright with a lot of these guys veterans you can't replace them and, and a younger veteran Josh Naylor has come back to the lineup from injury what type of impact can that make not only having him back but for the rest of the lineup you know I think I think it's huge having Josh you know it's the it's a shot in the arm for us knowing that he's in the lineup but I think having him in the lineup makes Jose better you know having that guy be able to hit behind you and you know Cole Calhoun the the the, the bats he's put together since he's been here um you know I know we're talking about Josh and, you know, he's really evolved. You know, he, he's turning into the player that we all, all know he, he can be, you know, building off the year that he had last year. You know, kudos to him, especially with the, the, the way the year started for him and him grinding through some of those adversities and hitting the ball hard, not getting any results from it to, to not deviate and stay the course like he did. And, you know, he's, he's reaping those rewards right now. You referenced Cole Calhoun and uh, Unusual to see a veteran be able to come in and, and have this type of impact on a team at this stage of the season? I, I think, you know, he, he's unique and, you know, everything that we heard about him was just the ultimate teammate. You know, we've seen him playing, you know, across the lines and have, have loved the makeup, loved the player. So, you know, for him to step in here day one, you know, he was mentoring these guys from the start, going out there, handling his own business. So, you know, he's been he's been outstanding for us. 
you oversee a, a roster of hitters, and it's such an important part of your life, but you've had a great life experience here the last two weeks. Uh, tell us about being a dad for the first time. Oh, it, it, it's amazing. You know, a little little Olivia, it, it's been, you know, 10 days now. Um, you know, it's it's the best job in the world. I thought being a major league hitting coach was the best job, but this is this is far surpasses that. Um, you know, it's tough being dad from FaceTime right now and being away, but, you know, hopefully we can get back from the West, get her up here, and be able to spend more time with them. Great stuff, Chris. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's hitting coach Chris Valeka, and uh, he has had a, an ever-changing roster this year, but doing some good work to get everybody pointed in the right direction. Stay with us. We'll take our final time out and then come back with Tom Candiotti and Mark Langston, two pitchers who had fine major league careers, and uh, we talked to them about a variety of subjects when we come back after this. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. The final horse now in the gate, and they're off. They're starting off with a double-toe loop jump, leaving a difficult 7-10 split as there's movement on the inside rail. Only nine pins separate them now as they head to the final quarter mile. They're neck and neck. It's down to the last frame. Here comes the actual jump. They bundle their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Win, strike, savings, gold. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. We are joined now by Tom Candiotti, who has joined us on the road swing here in Anaheim and then San Francisco. And uh, for those with long memories of the days back in the late 80s and uh, early 90s, and then the very end, at uh, the end of the 90s, uh, the Candyman had a, a nice little run of uh, success with Cleveland. Seven years total out of the 16 you played in the big leagues. And uh, when you get around the ball club again, Cleveland, I know the name is different, but the franchise is the same. What's it like for you to, to come back and be around it? it? You know, it's so great to be involved again, you know, with the now Guardians and, uh, you know, and, and even coming here to do the games and, and seeing guys that, that I played with, guys like Sandy Alomar, guys like Tito. We were all teammates together. And, uh, and, and just being able to catch up with everybody and visit. And also... You know, ever since I left Cleveland, I basically in my career, I grew up in Cleveland, you know, as a major leaguer. And so regardless of what team I played for after that, I always would check the box score and always kind of had them in the back of my heart, you know, that, you know, hoping they were going to do well. And, and, uh, and they had a good run some of those years. So you play long enough and a lot of years, I'm sure, run together. But 1988, you were teammates with Terry Francona, his one year as a player with Cleveland, and, and he was saying uh, earlier in the day on Friday that that was a fun team. And and I know you, you're below 500, but what made that team a, a lot of fun in your mind? Well, I mean, I think it was a team that was kind of growing up. You know, we were, in 1987, the Indians at that time 
were really were favored. They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You had Joe Carter, you had Corey Snyder, and you're supposed to win, you know, the American League and, and possibly the World Series. You had very, very high expectations in 1987, and it went straight downward that year. It just nothing worked out. So in 1988, it was kind of a cautious approach. You know, you had some new guys coming in. Um, you had uh, John Farrell really joining the the rotation at that time and was starting to come into his own. You know, Swindell was throwing the ball really well. I was throwing the ball very well. You, it just seemed like your your pitching staff was growing at that point. And then also the hitters. And so it seemed like, okay, well, this team that we had in 87 with a couple different additions in 88, you know, I think we're pretty good. And we started to, we started to get improvements. Tom Candiotti joining us. You referenced the knuckleball. How did it come about for you, the, the knuckleball that really extended your career for such a long time? It really did. I always threw the knuckleball since I was a little kid. It was just a fun thing that my dad and I would do. I'd wait for him to get home from work. The gloves would be on the driveway, and as soon as he, he couldn't even come in the house, he had to play catch. So at that time, he had a knuckleball, and so I tried to throw it, you know, like he did. And so it was just kind of a father-son thing. And then every once in a while, I would throw it in a game, just try, you know, I could do it in the front lawn. So why can't I do it on the mound? And I would, I would do it, you know, from Little League to Babe Ruth to high school to into college, and even a once in a while in the minor leagues. And then, um, you know, when I, once I got to the major leagues, I was just really a conventional pitcher. I had good control. I had a really good curveball, but I was a little bit short on velocity. And uh, if I needed to, if I wanted to stay in the major leagues, I needed something, something else. And so I started to make a, a concerted effort to really develop my knuckleball. I'd gone to, uh, you know, in AAA and used it, used it almost exclusively in 1985 and then went to winter ball. And um, after that season, and it really started to come around for me. And then I was signed by Joe Klein and the Indians when I was in winter ball as a minor league free agent. And then I got to spring training in 1986. And uh, lo and behold, I won 16 games that year and completed 17 games and threw, I don't know how many innings, 270 innings, I don't know, something like that. So it just kind of really took off for me. And it landed you a key role in a major motion picture. One of my favorite baseball movies is 61, which uh, Billy Crystal made depicting the home run chase with Maris and Mantle in the 1961 season. And late in that year, Hoyt Wilhelm was trying to shut down Roger Maris in a game in Baltimore, and you played the knuckleballer, Hoyt Wilhelm. How did that come about? I had so much fun filming that. I mean, my, my role was a very minute role in that film, but it took about eight or nine days to film. And I got a call one day from Billy Crystal, who I had met when I was a member of the Dodgers, and uh, he told me about this film that he was going to do, and they were trying to find a knuckleball pitcher to fill the role of Hoyt Wilhelm, but nobody knows how to throw it. So he asked if I would, if I would do it. And I said, sure, I'll have a blast doing it. And uh, so they gave me my own trailer. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was so much fun. We filmed in the L.A. Coliseum at that time from dusk till dawn. And, uh, oh, man, I mean, just a great time. So, you know, at that game, I think it was game 154, because that was, you know, the, with the expansion in 1961 went to 162 games. And, you know, there was a whole deal with whether Roger Maris's home run record is going to be legit or not. So, um, anyway, that uh, as that season progressed, uh, for Maris and the Yankees, 
they go into Baltimore in game 154, and in comes Hoyt Wilhelm, and uh, which was me, and I had to pitch, and Barry Pepper was playing Roger Maris, and I'll never forget this. You know, Billy wanted to make it as, um, as realistic as possible, so he told me to pitch like you pitch, and I said, okay. And because uh, I was just shortly out of baseball at that time, so my arm was still in really good shape. And the first ball I threw to the catcher, who was supposed to be Gus Triandos, it hit him right in the section where you can't say anything. <laughs> Got no glove on it. <laughs> he went down, and uh, so and then after that recovered. And Barry Pepper swung and missed 16 straight times. You know, of course. And then, uh, you know, Billy said, try to throw him something slow so he can hit it. We're running out of film here. So I tried to throw him a slow knuckleball, and it hit him right in the ribs. And he went down like he just got hit by Randy Johnson. And now his uniform is all dirty, so they had to go in and do new makeup, get a new uniform. As you can see, it was really fun. But meeting all those guys and doing all that stuff was a blast. We played Pepper every single night, you know, with all those guys. So I got a chance to meet him, and I felt like a movie star for about a week. For the record, those scenes came out great. He hit him <laughs> into the wind, right, and then knocked it down, and that was a big deal. And, uh, but just wonderful, and, and, and you did great work as Hoyt Wilhelm. You're doing great work as Tom Candiotti on our trip, so thank you. Uh, great to see you, and uh, I'm sure we'll enjoy the remainder of the trip. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You make it easy for me here, believe me. That is Tom Candiotti, the knuckleballer, and uh, he had a fine career, 16 years in the major leagues for Candiotti, the same number of years that Angels broadcaster Mark Langston achieved in his major league career. A lot of the, the really good ones, you may remember him with the Angels, with Seattle, with Montreal. But the last season he played, the final pitch he threw in the major leagues was in a Cleveland Indians uniform with the 1999 ball club. And when we caught up with him earlier on this uh, visit to Anaheim, he says it was one of the most memorable years in his career. You know, truly one of the most funnest summers I've ever had in my entire life. I went to spring training with San Diego, was released in the vast last week of the season, came home, which I lived here in Anaheim, the Indians were opening the season against the Angels here. My agent called me and said, hey, they want you to throw a simulated game. So I ran out, I came out here. Dwight Gooden and I were throwing a simulated game. And it's, it was very ironic because Doc and I both came up the exact same year in 1984. And here we were, you know, for me, for certainly the back end of my career, kind of the back end of his career. He pitched a little bit longer, but uh, out there throwing a simulated game. I guess the Indians liked it. I ended up signing. And by the time they got off the road trip, because they sent me to Florida real quick to do a rehab, by the time they came off the road trip, they made a call and said, you're come on up to Cleveland. So spent the entire season, one of the funnest teams I've ever played on in my entire life. Uh, it, it was so much fun. Uh, and just to see that team, it's still to this day, it's the best lineup I had ever seen. I always explain to people, they always ask me, what's the best lineup you ever had? I go, it's not even close. The, the 99 Indian team that I played on, best lineup up and down an all-star at every position they just mashed and it was fun to watch them on a nightly basis and the vibe in the city you came in as a visitor before then jacobs field right. night and day when you came back as a player for the uh, the cleveland indians oh definitely once they put jacobs field into play it was it really revived the downtown area it was fun to come there and play and in fact once i got there i still remember this i would try to get some cable tv you know, for my uh, apartment that I was in. 
And they said, sorry, it's going to be about uh, three weeks. I go, oh, man, three weeks? How about some tickets to the, the Indians game? And immediately the guy goes, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And 10 minutes later, the guy's knocking on my door, hooking my cable up. Here's six tickets for you because you couldn't get a ticket to those games. Those games were sold out. Every game, every night was sold out. 45,000 people every night. It was the happening place. And that, and that team was so much fun to be around. And the, the, the city really embraced them. And they had, a, you know, when I got there, they had already had a, a really good run. And I think the people were excited to just sit and watch the talent on a nightly basis. We're going to take some fans down memory lane for, for off-the-field stuff. Music and baseball have a great relationship. You were part of that at a time where there were some other musicians on the team. Tell us about that. Yeah, in, in 99, Richie Sexton and I, we used to bring our guitars on the road, and we'd sit in the rooms and play the guitars and goof around. i go, you know, we should do like a charity event. Let's throw something together. And we literally did. In like three weeks, we put together... I think they we called Tribe Jam. And so we did it down in the flats, the little amphitheater that was down there. And uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. I think we charged like $10, and all the money was going to charity. Uh, and we had all the participation of all everybody on the team. All the players showed up, and Jim Tomey had a guitar. He couldn't play it, but he acted like he was going to play it. And he ended up breaking it on stage. Omar, who was a drummer, actually got up and played the drums. Dave Burba sang. Uh, everybody participated, and uh, it, it was really a fun time. Bernie Kozar, the very first one, he came out and was firing footballs into the crowd for the people. It, we packed the place in, and I literally in my mind going, only here in this town with this team could you pull this off because that's how embraced everybody was, the team with the fans, the fans with the team, and to see these guys outside of what they saw at Jacobs Field, to see them goofy and having fun on stage, was really a special time. And I, I felt very blessed. We put that together. I did it one more year in 2000. Uh, and uh, it was so much fun being part of that. And uh, again, to show the fans a different side of these Indian players. For the most part, players can't pick when it's over as a player. Uh, it turns out that's your last year. Looking back on it, you okay with that, that that's how it ended? Sure. I went to spring training in 2000 with the Indians. In fact, I talked my buddy Chuck Finley into, he said, hey, man, this is a great team. you got to come check it out. And he ended up signing that spring. And I went to spring, uh, and it just wasn't – I wasn't having a great spring. And I remember uh, the last time I was on the mound uh, – we had we'd seen our buddy Eddie Money the night before, Chuck and I, and I just remember just uh, the start that – I wasn't even started. Chuck actually started the game, and then I came in right after Chuck, and I think I gave up five runs, some base – you know, some, some little bloop hits and then a three-run home run uh, that I gave up, and I just went, it's time to take it to the house, you know. So, I, you know, was, I was fighting that for the last probably two or three years of my career. But I felt like that was the time. And I remember John Hart goes, you, you know you make this team. You don't have to perform at spring training. I go, I know. But I feel the tug of going home. My daughter was going to be a freshman in high school. So I felt like I need to go protect the door with her, you know, now being a freshman in high school. Great memories. Thanks for sharing and enjoy the game tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Always great catching up with you. Always fun uh, talking to Indians baseball. One of my funnest summers ever. Man, that guy can tell some stories. Mark Langston. Uh, fine broadcaster now for the Angels and a really good major leaguer for 16 years and uh, one of the better pitchers of his era in the big leagues. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our engineer on site has been Mike Noto. Brian Matze puts together our show every week and does great work at that. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you 
that you have been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. 